Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Must Be the Place, the Building Science Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Henderson. Each episode is a deep conversation with a carefully chosen peer about not just houses, but place. Yeah, of course we talk about houses and retrofits, but we also want to change the industry for the better, forever. Energy poverty, community engagement, industry disruption, societal responsibility, and climate change. It's all here and so much more. Hey, Shauna here. My guest today is Cindy Garrow, the Executive Director of CASEY, the Canadian Association of Consulting Energy Advisors. She's had a stellar not-for-profit career and become Executive Director of CASEY in 2019. She champions the profession of energy advising, well, because it's pretty important as far as I'm concerned, um, and lots of other people. But people still don't know it exists. Uh, it's fairly new. Uh, Cindy and I connected, and now my company, Blue House Energy, is an affiliate partner of Casey, and we provide training to its member energy advisors. It's these kind of partnerships and cross-pollination that make this industry stronger and keep it moving forward. So I'm so excited to have her here today. Cindy joins us from Toronto. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Shauna. I really, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to have a chat with you and to showcase Casey. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. a great opportunity for everything. Yeah. So, so relatively new. Casey was established in 2017. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know this part of the industry, why was it created? So the association was actually started by a group of volunteers who really felt, and, and, and a lot of it was in response to what was happening at BC with the step code. And there really wasn't a central voice for energy advisors to really um, come together and speak for themselves, as well as to look for a way to elevate the profession and, you know, add to their professional development. So, um, as I say, it was a group of volunteers from about 2014, and other EAs across the country said, you know, hey, there is a need for this nationally. So, Casey was incorporated, as you mentioned, in 2017. It was run by volunteers, but again, energy advisors are extremely busy, Mm -hmm. and these incredible uh, dedicated uh, founding members, let's call them, uh, said, okay, I guess the time is ripe to hire an executive director, and here I am, and so I'm. Been, it's been a great, uh, almost two-year run, and I'm loving every minute of it. Right, and you're very busy. I know that you're very busy. <laughs> every time we talk, we're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and there's a um, lot, lot going on now, especially after the Greener Homes Initiative announcement, and yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of things to talk about with that. Yeah, no, it's certainly been um, it's been a wild ride uh, because, again, it was so volunteer driven. So there was a lot of work that had to be done at the beginning to just really strengthen operations, strengthen their governance, ensure that there was a really good foundation, uh, really understand, you know, who the members were, what did we bring to the membership so that we could then really have a good representation of the work that we're doing for for energy advisors across the country. And what's really cool is that our membership actually has last year grew about 250%. So it's, it's, it's obviously demonstrating that Casey is meeting 
a demand and a need mm-hmm. for the sector. And we have become more and more engaged with a variety of stakeholders asking for our participation in projects and for our guidance and advice. So it's it's really quite exciting. When I was in the field as an energy advisor, it really was, you know, I didn't know anybody across the country. So I think, you know, that in general across the whole of the home building and renovation sector is really important. We don't have an opportunity uh, in a lot of, you know, a lot of cases to actually engage with people across the country. And and I know that there's been some great conversations uh, in the member forums about, you know, who's doing what, how we deal with this, what obstacles are are being, you know, surmounted in different ways in different uh, parts of the country, whether people are working exclusively with new homes or exclusively with existing homes and everything in between. But I think before we go any further, um, for people who don't know what an energy advisor is, here's the question. What's an EA, an energy advisor, and why is it important? Why are they important? Not it. Sorry. Sorry, all the EAs out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're being gender neutral, which is very good. So um, energy advisors really, you know, and again, I am not an energy advisor, so I come to this as somebody who manages nonprofit associations. So my, uh, I guess, explanation of an energy advisor is going to be somewhat very high level. Uh, but, you know, really what we see is the energy advisor is really at the center of the, the whole building community because they're the ones that will do the impartial third party uh, evaluation, if you will, of the efficiency of the home. So they will do a pre and post um audit, which involves things like a blower door test and walking through the home and and seeing, um, you know, where there could be some improvements made, not just with efficiency, but also with uh, durability, uh, safety, health and safety of the occupant. Uh, Because energy advisors are experts in building science. They're experts in modeling. They really have an incredible amount of knowledge and need to have an incredible amount of knowledge to really provide the builder, renovator, homeowner with, uh, with good advice, good direction. I mean, the, they, they, yes, they do help provide, say, the Energide label or the net zero, um, requirements for that label. But again, because of their expertise, they can provide information and guidance on how the homeowner, renovator, builder can move to that better efficient, more durable, uh, healthy safety home for whoever is going to be living in that house. So so we're really at the center of everything. Mm-hmm. And Shauna, you know more about energy advisors, so I, I don't know if I've I nailed it or, well, or there's yeah. more you could add. No, you did. I mean, I could go... Deep, you know, down a deep rabbit hole on the technical techno weenie part of it, and I won't because that's not what, what I want to talk to you about um, today. But I wanted what I want to talk about is things like you know around the issue of now, now we have the Greener Homes Initiative, and there's a few other things, BC Step Code, um, mm-hmm. the uh, the forty thousand dollar loans that CMHC will be um, administering, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then there's also this other big huge. Um, pot of money that's coming at the municipality level, which is from Federation of Canadian Municipalities mm-hmm. on their, their clean energy financing. Everything that comes through that for residential requires an Energide for Houses rating before and yeah. after for retrofits. Yeah. So EAs are super important. And, yeah. you know, and, and so 
you know, not that many people know about the profession. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, too, if I may, Shauna, people don't understand, not just know the profession, but nor do they understand necessarily the contributions and value that an energy advisor can bring to these programs. Because a lot of people think that it's just a means to an end, that it's something they have to do to move forward. But actually, in many ways, the energy advisor can be your partner in Mm -hmm. your success in moving forward. You know, we're not called energy blower door testers. We're not called energy, you know, we're going to print a label for you. We're called energy advisors, and there's a reason for it. Right, great. Yeah. So, and I know that when I was working in the field, like, God, I just, going into somebody's house and knowing by the time, I've said this before, but knowing that by the time you leave that house, you spent an hour or two hours in the house doing a blower door test and walking around and ensuring that you know what, what your, you know, observations and what's going to be your recommendations are starting to form, that by the time you leave that house and then again, when you write the report and then when you come back afterwards and do the post uh, retrofit audit, you know that you have done something for that household that has helped them manage, the, you know, their budget. They're going to be more comfortable um, depending on the condition of the house. They're going to be more healthy. I mean, it's a really amazing opportunity to to really help impact people's lives so what do you think are the barriers to entry into the field well i think one you know one barrier is knowing that this is a career path out there so you know i think that that is getting the word out and and what's great in in a way is with the announcement of the government to create 2000 energy advisor jobs what that's done is it's actually put the profession on the radar of Canadians across the country. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's fantastic. Barriers to entry, I think some of them are, like I think people don't understand how much knowledge and expertise to be a really good EA and to, to be a reliable EA are needed. And so it's more than just uh, taking courses from Blue House mm-hmm. and then writing mm-hmm. an exam. You know, you really... You really need to, it, it takes a certain personality, I think, in a way, Definitely too. Definitely does. And, and, you know, it also, it's a commitment uh, to, to the outcomes that you're wanting to do. So these people are not doing this um, to make a gazillion dollars. They're doing it because they care. They do it because they're passionate. And I, I'm, I'm quite amazed by the passion that many of our members, you know, display about, you know, the work that they do. Uh, yeah, I I've think, actually, I've actually just to jump in. I've yeah. seen, uh, I've been out on um, on site visits with other EAs, and I've worked with EAs who've worked in low income housing programs, and I've seen fairly tough characters break down crying because they are so passionate about mm-hmm. what they can do for other people and it's, it's so it's really like a service leadership kind of a, yeah. a, a position on top of being a techno weenie yes right? because you need to know building science that's the that's the big part that's of right it. that's that right can, that piece can be taught yes. what can't be taught is the interaction and the empathy with other folks and what and and so that's kind of 
Yeah. I don't know. For yeah. me, I'm so passionate about it. It really felt like when I walked into this or when I stepped into these roles that I felt like I hit, found my calling. Like that's really yeah. how I felt. And I yeah. translated that into a 30 year long plus yeah. career. Yeah. And and it's not just this piece that people can work in either. Right. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not just the the uh, the inner guide for houses piece with codes coming together. Building science is going to be a far more in your face necessary thing you need to understand what happens with interactions between different wall systems and is it permeable impermeable is it um are you putting a new building together are you putting an existing you know improving an existing building there's a lot of things outside of that just straight up standard ea position Mm -hmm. through inner guide for houses that you can branch out into Um, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. really exciting so, so Shauna, one other thought I had with regard to barriers and, and you know, thinking about knowing that Enercan is wanting to increase the diversity of not only our profession, but just across the board. And one question is, you know, what are we doing? You know, why are there more women? You know, yeah, part we're of the, about 15%. Yes. But I think, you know, first of all, from, from what I'm hearing, that there are a number of people that will transition from being in the construction building sector and see becoming an energy advisor perhaps as another stage in their career. So the construction sector is, again, fairly heavily male-dominated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting better. Yep. The tra- you know, absolutely. Well, I, yeah, okay, we could, we could have a very long discussion well, that's about that. a whole that, other so. conversation. But <laughs> it's starting, you know, there is, there is focus with, you know, the trades on, on trying to encourage you know, more women. And and there's a whole attitude there that many women mm-hmm. have to, you know, some women don't don't feel comfortable perhaps approaching that. But I also yeah. think too that you're seeing more women entering sort of the STEM uh mm-hmm. in you know yeah. the STEM pathway in school. So there 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 are more women entering, you know, the the engineering, the you know the the data analytics and that sort of thing, which are again skill sets that are useful to be Mm -hmm. an energy advisor. And so, you know, I think as we see more women entering that path and hearing more about this as a career opportunity, what's nice is that there's a variety in the roles that you do. And if you don't want to just be sitting at a desk and you want to be outside in the field, if you're, you know, or going door to door and meeting people, there is that opportunity for variety. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the thoughts. I do think, you know, one of the things that we've talked about internally um, is I don't think we understand what all the barriers are and that we really need to perhaps do a, a do a deeper dive with a multitude of stakeholders to say mm-hmm. why and have, and that's something that is on our radar moving forward. Cool. That's exciting. That's exciting. You know, lots of EAs used to work in construction and we're probably going to pull a bunch more out of the construction sector. But I think, you know, it's... That's that's and and those people are coming out of primarily men are coming out of a very traditional apprenticeship program. You know, we know mm-hmm. the people who are in trades colleges, and most of that is population is 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 male. So how do we tap into or promote energy advisor work outside of that that environment? Got any ideas? Well. As you know, I'm full of ideas. It's just a Mm -hmm. matter of having the ability to execute them. And I was actually speaking to uh, a couple of people the other day about this. And, you know, 
if we had the resources and opportunities, I think, um, you know, having uh, presentations at career fairs for, mm-hmm. you know, high school career fairs and at the college level to, again, it's making people aware that this is a pathway. And I think it's also, um, you know, and somebody like you, it might be a great opportunity to to partner with to think about um, what, you know, I know that you've looked at what the core competencies are when you're doing your training. So maybe there are certain um, uh, certain courses that if somebody's in college or somebody's in high school, you know, there might be certain um, electives or whatever yeah. that we, you know, so, so we, I think that's one way to, it's again, I think creating that awareness of, of what's out there. You know, I wish that I could figure out a way, you know, we have a lot of uh, people that come, you know, who are new to Canada and have, you know, skills and expertise. The challenge is that for some, you know, what is their knowledge and, you know, they still need to know the building code and they still need to know the building science as it relates to Canada. And that becomes also equally a challenge because these are, you know, really skilled people. Yeah. But our knowledge that what EAs need to know is very specific yeah. to yeah. to our country and, and our and our Excuse codes and, and such. And also our climate. And our climate. That's what I mean right? by so, yeah. 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 So really, you know, if you're coming from somewhere that's not a cold climate, then you have a whole different perspective. Even if you do know building science is going to be different. That's right. Because it, the building science doesn't change, the physics don't change. Right. But how how they're applied and how how they impact a building are very That's right. different. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, I'd love to get mm. past that one if we could, because, you know. Well, and then there's, there's also, you know, the, I, I was speaking with uh, Yasmin from Empower yes. Me the, the yeah. other week, and she was saying, yeah. you know, what's really important is uh, also in terms of diversity is that, you, you know, people who are immigrants to, you know, the l- larger urban centers have, um, some core populations where if there was someone from that community mm-hmm. who could um, come in and understand the cultural issues, mm-hmm. like, you know, as a woman, I couldn't go into some houses. That's right. If there was a man in there um, and vice versa, if, if a man comes, you know, a lot of EAs are men, they can't go into a house if there's That's a right. woman in, in certain cultures. And so, to be sensitive about those things and then to mm-hmm. have someone who, you know, so I think there's a really great opportunity Absolutely. to diversify and to bring that into a bigger, a bigger and broader picture. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that I just wax poetic about how I loved being an EA, um, but I know that you, sp- you speak to the, uh, a lot of the women EAs who are all still in the field or, or in the field now. Mm-hmm not still necessarily. Um, and I want to hear what there's, you know, what do they love about the work? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I would love to um, have a, actually have a podcast myself with our EA members to say, you know, why they, they love being it. And, and it's very interesting. There are a lot of young women who are, have signed up as trainees that I've seen have become recent energy advisors. So I think that this is a a sector that is growing for women, Um, you know, and and that's very encouraging. I just want to mention one thing, Shauna, that we have added on our website because we have, as you know, um, a directory of our members. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did 
put in the membership form was to identify the languages that they can provide services in. Oh, brilliant. I didn't know so, that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I wanted to, if somebody wanted somebody who spoke, you know, French or Punjabi or whatever. Now, again, not everybody's, it's all based on them populating it. But it's our start to try and create mm-hmm. that opportunity for somebody, you know, to find somebody who might understand, to your earlier point, the culture and or just to feel more comfortable speaking in um, their native tongue. Mm-hmm. So, well, there's and there's also things like I know uh, Yasmin also told me, you know, and she well, she she spoke about this on a. Uh, Efficiency Canada webinar she did that mm-hmm. we both um, yeah. partic- participated in. The fact that a lot of uh, recent immigrants come from cultures where it's, you know, they're in, in heating climates and they actually don't have words for things like furnace, boiler. Yep. Yeah. And and that's so to be able to, as when you as an EA, when you come into the house and you're explaining and talking about the equipment and you're doing this and you're talking about that and you're trying to put it into you know, non-technical terms for someone who is a non-technical person, that's one thing, but then to translate it, uh, try and figure out how you use words that don't exist in someone else's language, yeah. that's another yeah. huge Absolutely. barrier. That, you know, so how do you, yeah. how do you cross that barrier? Right. It's a challenge. Oh, there's so many challenges, but we'll get there. Yeah. I'm optimistic. Yeah. yeah the other, the other, Part of this that's uh, that's interesting to me is that we've had a lot of folks come to us and ask about training for Indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, very similar things in, in terms of how you, we need to diversify and, and have a way of tailoring what is being offered into those communities that respects traditional knowledge, that respects language, that mm-hmm. respects culture, um, and, uh, and, and to ensure that we're not looking at any of these different diversity, you know, identified or I feel so cheesy saying this, these diverse groups as a monolith, right? Mm -hmm. Like none of these groups are a monolith. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm just sort of embarking on the giant dive into diversity. And I'm so happy to, to be, uh, have really, um, you know, wise and thoughtful people like Yasmin, and uh, and and others who who can really be clear about what the issues are and how you know I was looking and this is sort of going off on a little different tangent but <laughs> you know me I always do yes. um, but going off you know there's a difference between sort of you know the terms are being used right now are you know being a colonizer versus being a settler right in terms of of the of non-indigenous people in Canada so colonizer being someone who has come in and 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 and, and or the, it's the institutions versus the settler who's somebody who's looking for a place to live wow. and 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 to 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 realize that we're we're kind of straddling in some maybe not obscure way but I'm still trying to pull all that stuff together in my head because I've been so deep in the technical stuff that I have yeah, pull up and yeah, I go yeah. oh yes I we all need yeah. to, to to work with with what we've got and to demolish the institutions that don't work for people who have been, you know, subjected to inequity for a long time. Well, I think, you know, I, this is to my earlier comment. I think that we need to understand what the barriers are before we can come up with a solution. And I think there has to be a lot of fulsome discussions. Mm-hmm. And I do have um, 
I, I do have several uh, friends and colleagues who are Indigenous, and so I myself am also trying to understand, um, you know, how how we can make, you know, how and if, because it's, you know, just because the government is saying, well, we've got to have more Indigenous, like, it is, is that what they want? And, and you know, so, so mm-hmm. I think it's a big conversation. Um, beyond this podcast, and I think, you know, there's so much that we don't know. Um, my one friend who is Métis says, I am a colonist, just by virtue of being a white woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because I have privilege, even though, you know, mm-hmm. and that makes me a colonist. So, you know, it's all the perspectives, and there's so many perspectives, and especially over the recent uh, tragic events. Yes. So, you know, I am, you know, open and, and want to learn more about barriers for Indigenous, for new Canadians, for the, you know, different cultures and such, because I do, you know, I think we, you know, this is, yeah, it's, it's. Well, I think it's all about becoming an ally and, and, yeah. and righting wrongs and being aware, aware of issues and listening to other people's voices. Yeah. And, and respecting, not just listening, but respecting and understanding mm-hmm. that it may not be the same as your perspective and your perspective right. may need to change. Right. So would the operative word be, <laughs> be there, would be hearing as opposed to listening. You want to that's, hear what yeah. other people have to that's say. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, and I think so there's, it's, that's an interesting dive into, you know, how precise are we with our language? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really precise when it comes to technical stuff and then I'm just a squish when it comes to non-technical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> there you go. We spoke just very soon after you mm-hmm. took on the role of EA, of EA, no, of ED. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty green. And, and I remember being on the phone with you going, oh, man, I hope she stays in this position for a while because this is going to be, like, so much fun and so interesting. <laughs> and you and I were, like, scheming and had all these, like, 10,000 oh, yeah. ideas floating, and it was going to be a half-hour call, and it ended up being 90 minutes. And then, you know, and and the last few weeks we've been uh, having a phone walk yeah, in the morning, which has been yeah. great. And, uh yeah, I think that there's, you know, the the idea of being able to support each other in 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 all sorts of ways is really what that's part of what yeah. why why I want to do the podcast and what this is about is to you know talk about other people's right um, interests and what they do and how they're doing it and so so one of Casey you know one of our I guess strategic objectives and it sort of lines up with the role of the EA. And that is that we, you know, EAs interact with so many different stakeholders. They're interacting building officials, you know, homeowners, builders, trades, engineers, like a whole bunch of people. And so, you know, we as an association, we want to be engaging with a whole bunch of stakeholders. And 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 how can we support one another? We don't want to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. We're not here to reinvent the wheel. We're here to help each other and be and unify. And I think that that, in a way, some elements of that CHBA has been, you know, a great resource, for example, for the for the home builders and renovators and and some energy advisors. But but you know, I think that an organization like Casey is really, I'm seeing it starting to cement a lot of relationships with different stakeholders and bringing them together. So it's quite exciting cool. uh, to, to be great. part of that. Well, I know every, like, 
you know, I know that you're on lots of other meetings and networks and stuff, but everyone that I'm on, you're pretty much always there. So you're all in the, you know. <laughs> I get around, Sean. And I you get, get around. around. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but it's, you know, we, I think it's fantastic the work that you're doing and, and, and how you're, you're, you've been able to, to get into all those different networks and to have, and, and I know that there's some, um, you know, there's overlaps in, in all of those groups. So there's people who are continually inviting you in. And, and I say that to, to lots of folks as well. It's like, well, this is great, but you need to have Casey involved in this as well, because that's, that's how we get the professionalization. That's how we get, um, you know, more gravitas. That's how, you know, push people into that. We need to, you know, membership means that you have some really excellent opportunities for mentorship and for some training yeah. and you yeah. have the, the member forums. Like you've done a lot in two years. Yeah. We've, we've, we've come a long lot. way. We've come a long yeah. way. You know, I think we, you've mentioned our member forum and that is a great uh, opportunity for Casey members uh, to ask questions and get some clarification on things. You know, that's one of the benefits of being a member of Casey is that there is a supportive network for them. We created this year a mentoring program for our members. We focus right now um, on those who are already registered energy advisors, although we do have that trainee membership for those who are in process Mm -hmm. So that, you know, it's a way for them to start building that network across the country. It's a way for them to get some additional information on our monthly webinars, uh, participating in the forum, posing questions. We have an early career uh, uh, group that come together every couple of months and just uh, talk to each other. And we actually had the last one. We had a couple of trainees on it. And they said, okay, so what did you do to get to the next step? So they were supporting Mm, each other and giving each other advice. And, you know, we have a women's forum where we get together uh, the folks in in the West Coast are maybe day drinking and we enjoy a glass of wine. So that's a more (laughs) informal opportunity just to feel that there is a support group there for them. We have an energy advisor council, an EA council, that is only for energy advisors. And the point right. of that is... I know, that's is, those are the meetings I want to get into, but there you yeah. go. Sorry, Shauna. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not but, reactivating. <laughs> but, we, you know, the point, of that, yeah, the point of that is to give the energy advisors a safe place to express, you know, any concerns, but also to mm-hmm. provide solutions and, and share information. And, and that they're not feeling that they're... You know, they're and, and nothing against the service organizations, but that they can speak freely and not feel that there'd be any repercussions because mm-hmm. some do work, you know, for service organizations. And yeah. and some of the EAs who are also SOs, they are told at the beginning, you're wearing your EA hat. So take that SO hat off and leave it at the door. <laughs> so SO being service organization. And yes, that's, sorry, that, yes. that's the, the reporting body so the EAs work with the service organizations and the service organization is the body which submits the files back to right. Nova uh, to Nova Scotia oh my god no. <laughs> uh, yes. in natural resources yeah 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 so yeah, no, and, that's, and that's really important and I think that you know like I I have a coaching program that I'm working in I'm not the coach I'm being I'm in it as a coach e coachella I'm a coachella um, and uh, <laughs> um, and we splintered off into at the suggestion of of one of my fellow uh, participants. 
um, said, well, wouldn't it be great if there was just like small groups of three to five people who were like, let's call them accountability groups. That's an amazing opportunity. Just like Mm -hmm. like I have a a circle of four other entrepreneurs that I work with every month, every week we we meet. And for an hour, we we just talk about what we've done, frustrations, and then what's going, what are you going to do for next week? So it's right. a way, and so that accountability, and but also mm-hmm. an opportunity, same thing, safe place to vent, with people who understand the issues that you're you're actually that's going right. through. That's right. So that's that's a great service. That's really yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, and it's it's you know we're developing now too, Shauna. Um, as you know, we I will be uh, launching fairly soon. Um, we're doing a pilot training program in integrated design process facilitation training. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be launching that in July, and that'll so that, be a pilot. And, so and can you want you want to talk about that a yeah, little bit because so that's an, a big mouthful of words. It's a big <laughs> mouthful of words, also known as IDP, and it's used a lot sort of with architects and designers. But we see that you know with the building, excuse me, new building, and even with renovations, it's an opportunity to really discuss with all of the players who are going to be the key players who are going to be involved in the building project, whether again it's a new building, a development, or uh, a major deep energy reno- renovation. It's to, to let's talk about what are the end goals, what are the end objectives, and how do we get there? And there's a facilitation process. So everyone's aligned. So everybody's in line. You can look at what the options are so you can do different kinds of modeling with different kinds of equipment, with different kinds of performance targets, mm-hmm. so that then you have a pathway and you can feel that. And, and it also makes sense in terms of, okay, if we do this, then we need to make sure that this is done first before we do this. Because right. you know, so from what I've re- heard from many EAs, you know, oh. mid-construction blower door and somebody's going to have to then move the walls because yeah. they were not in the right spot before the mechanical design was done. And so this this is a way to not only, you know, evaluate target options and what you need to get there, it talks about building science. It talks about the building codes. It addresses, um, you know, performance pathways and new technologies that are out there because mm-hmm. often builders or renovators, architects may not be aware of some of the technology and new ways of building that right. are available. Because there's, so there's a lot out there. I mean, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly evolving and changing. Yeah. And, and the EAs, again, often are right in the middle of all that and know what's going on and can provide right. that guidance. But, but aren't in the middle of project managing exactly those big things. So, yeah, I mean, I have like endless horror stories from my work as both as an EA and then as a consultant using HOT 2000 as a modeling piece mm-hmm. and relying on um, EAs to come in and do the site, the site evaluation um, and data collection and having or and conversely having people come to me with a report from an EA and going well what do I do now because the renovator says I don't need better windows or I don't mm-hmm. need to do this or I don't need to do that or you know my favorite is oh I'll build it just like an R2000 house mm-hmm. well okay so yeah. you're going to do a blower door test oh we don't need to know that that we don't need to do that so, well if you can't actually do the testing if you don't do testing how do you know yeah. And yeah. and so, yeah, the horror stories and I think that this and, and the disconnects that are all along the pathway in terms of whether it's new or, or, or retrofit work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, any you could take any EA who's been in the field for a few years and have them document things. And there's your, you know, your whole 
um, MO for why you would care about mm-hmm. IDP. Mm-hmm. And let's use all sorts of acronyms. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> your ID, MO of your IDP. Um, and, and so to have a way forward that, that creates a, a value chain that, that works for homeowners, right? Yeah. We want it to work for the homeowners. So at the end of the day, the person who benefits the most is the person who is paying the goddamn mortgage. That's right. That's right. right? So that's yeah. and and the disconnects all along the way cause grief for other other people in their, you know, oh well, he said they were going to do that, but they said this, and yeah, you know, we can yeah. pass the buck all along, but they get paid or they put a lien on a property and then they go on and do another project where the homeowner is stuck with that house. Mm. And then has the callbacks and and everything too, right? And then you get into a warranty and all that other thing. So, yeah. So we're really excited about that training, Shauna. And, uh, you know, looking at some other opportunities and partnerships. And, and the other really cool thing is, you know, we, we also have our affinity partners like yourself. And so there are, you know, we're trying to, trying to make sure that if you're a member of the association, in addition to, you know, we we are hoping that you're holding yourself up to a very high level of uh, service and, and, and that you provide. But we also want to give you value through, again, education, knowledge, being having a voice, you know, for things like when the Greener Homes Program is not perhaps as ideally uh, launched as we would have liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Casey's there trying to make improvements with Entercan and partnering with Entercan. They want to, you know, to talk to them about how we can make things perhaps a little more smoother for the homeowner, for the energy advisor, for the trades that are going to be working with the homeowner and the energy advisor. Mm-hmm. And so that at the end of the day, we're actually achieving what we want to achieve, and that is efficient, safe, durable homes. That's a wrap. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I want to take a little step back from Casey and your role there. And I want to talk about your artistic side. Oh, dear. I know that you paint with watercolors. Yes, I do. Drawing, and then you and I have a shared passion for gardening. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, Well, I'm... not the yeah. gardening, but all the, I want to know about more about the, the water. Yeah, well, I've always loved. So my grandfather actually was um, an architect. He was the first full-time architect for the Imperial Bank of Commerce, and he was. Oh yes, wow! Yes. When it was that I remember those when lines. it was that, and we even had the exterior drawings of Commerce Court, you know, hanging in our basement. And uh, he was very artistic. And so I idolized my grandfather. He was like my father. And so I wanted to be just like him. Well, I'm not an architect and I'm not very good at math. And uh, he said, don't even think about it, Cindy. So I would tootle about doing art and, and, and I loved it. It was one of my favorite subjects in high school. And I thought, I'm going to go on and be an artist. And my grandfather said, it's a tough living think of something else. So I just dabble in it. And, and I haven't, to be honest, done much uh, uh, painting. I, I took up watercoloring when my girls, now 22 and 20, were really little. 
because I could have a small spot on my mm-hmm. table, practice, and then put it away. And that's really how I got into working with watercolors, nice. just because it was it was portable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, especially when you have young kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you have any favorite subjects for painting? It, well, it seems to be, you know, landscape and, and floral kind of things. And, mm-hmm. and I, I did one course. It was kind of interesting because it was a combination of pencil crayon and watercolor. And that was kind of fun, sort of doing a mixed media. I don't, I've always loved to explore oil painting, but it's such a commitment to space and, and yeah. it's an expensive, it's, you know, it's, it's expensive. expensive. And it, and if you go for inexpensive, then you have yeah. a crappy experience because you're yeah. using crappy materials. Yeah, yeah. I agree on that. And yeah. and and also the challenge is that I start I stopped. I was did a number of courses in watercolor, and it started to become quite tense and stressful for me because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. No, and do so, tell. I know, I know. And so I was starting to get frustrated because I wanted to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. with art, so so then I was thinking, you know, I want to figure out how to do art with blind abandonment. And one of the, one day um, the instructor brought in um, nudes and we had to do the, you know, one minute sketching. Was that ever great? I loved it. So that may be my next class is to, you know, if I is to do some, uh, do some, some actual, uh, nudes and such. Cause that was, I really found that fascinating. Nice. Yeah. I, I haven't been to a drawing class for a long time myself, but my favorites were always where we did gesture drawings and things that were really fast and quick. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, look at, you know, catching move, movement. Yeah. Yeah. Or a mood of something. That's, you know, I love that. that well, piece. It's, a, it's that release and freedom that, you know, because we can be so, you know, in in our day to day life, you know, trying to control and contain mm-hmm. and um, or organize so many things, and and you know, which is what I do in my day is just trying to like, you know, I'm pushing water uphill and corralling the cats, trying to get meetings with some of the people, and yeah. and and just trying to juggle it all. And so to be able to just let go, that that to me would be really cool. So that's on my bucket list. Nice. Can you translate that piece or that creative piece into being an EA? I mean, I think for me, it was all about problem solving. Yeah, I think it is. I think there is creativity. And that's one of the things like where you can't teach this. And that's that whole analytical and, and, you know, taking a little snippet of something you may have seen even two years ago. And keeping it lodged back there and then bringing it to the forefront. Oh, right. And then this, like it is problem solving. You are, you are constantly, I think, trying to, you know, when you're analyzing, sometimes that is to me, analyzing can be creativity because it's, it's pulling, pulling things from different spots. Like you, you know, and that's what I think makes um, energy advisors so unique because they, they, they have experience and that's where, Having the the experience and being around experienced energy advisors, you can learn those little tidbits and, and tricks like, you know, bringing that bamboo skewer 
in the field with you. Right. You and know? why would you use a bamboo why, skewer? Is that so that you don't electrocute yourself. <laughs> you know, if you're <laughs> sticking a bamboo. And somebody had said, oh, yes, I bring a barbecue skewer. And I thought, why would you bring a barbecue skewer? And they said, well, no, it's a wooden one. Because you don't want to put a metal one in the wall because you don't know what might be behind the wall. And <laughs> Right, yeah. But, you know, these yeah. little tips and tricks and and it was yeah. it's it's quite fun listening to you know I never would have thought of that so yeah i think we should do a whole <clears throat> episode on ea hacks mm there you go oh i think that would be fun to hear all the quirky weird things that people have figured yeah. out problem well, solving well, for yeah. eas yeah we're we're looking at i will tell you um, we're in the process, we've just started developing um, with funding from the Greener Homes, a retrofit refresh training program for existing energy advisors. Mm-hmm. And one element of, uh, we were just talking about what the different modules would be, and one of those is related to the business of being an energy advisor and things that, that you really want to have in your tool belt that aren't necessarily tools and, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the things Mm -hmm. you might want to consider having. So there will be some, uh, and and actually we we are going to have with each module um, one component that is tips and tricks that are related to so that, you know, because that's, again, one of the benefits of having a supportive network is learning from one another. And Mm -hmm. yes, you're in, you know, yes, you are in competition for business, but at the same time, you know, I think that, you know, with, with all of the different programs that are going to be relying on Energide for Houses rating systems. That's right. Service, I think that that is going to be a piece of the past that you're in competition. I think that people are going to be. There's going to be enough you know, business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and the more and, and then the other thing, too, is that, yes, there's competition. But the more you promote your competition, the more business you get because people hear about that's the business, right. right? That's right. And about the role. That's right. And uh, but I think that there's, you know, I just keep looking at all these different programs that are coming down the pipe and I'm writing up proposals for all sorts of different aspects yeah. of them for, for these different organizations and, and they're at the federal level. And there's. So much that is, you know, you cannot apply for this funding unless you're going to employ the Inner Guide for Houses service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that no, falls absolutely. back on more and more people. But mm-hmm. that's, again, where having, you know, that's the one nice thing with an association. You know, we're not a union. Somebody said, are you a union? No, we're not a union. We're a voluntary member association. And anybody, you know, who is an energy advisor who has errors and omissions and they have the service SO, service organization verification letter, and they meet that criteria, can be an energy advisor member. We have other things, but but we're now part of the network. So you have other energy advisors. You can ask a question of an energy advisor who's not in your jurisdiction. So Mm -hmm. in case you feel like, how do you do this? And and we have committees like it's 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 really lovely to see you know how people are coming together and have said you know we're so glad to have this opportunity mm-hmm. and ability to talk to one another when we've never had this before outside yeah. of our I mean, own I, you know small organization and so it's yeah. great yeah and i can certainly attest to that so when i know when uh 
when I first heard about the organization, I was like, oh, where was this when I was in the field? Everybody because... said, yeah, everybody's like, where was this? <laughs> we needed this 10 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, yeah, we're here. So, and, and kudos for you for being at the helm and, and, you know, wearing all the hats all at once and getting so much into play in the last couple of years. I mean, I really, you've done an amazing oh, job. Thank you. So, thank you. Well, so, I'm still... Still, as I say, sucking water from a broken water main. I still have a lot to learn, <laughs> you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, and and I love the people. I have to say, it, present company included. Uh, but Thanks. you know, it's it's uh, it's 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 been it's a joy. It's a joy to work with this group. It's not a slog at all. So it's Great. a pleasure. I'm so happy to hear that because. Yes. You know, burnout's a real thing, and you don't want to do that. No, no, no. I have a supportive board. They're fantastic. Sometimes I have to chase them up water, you know, but but that's it's all good. <laughs> I mean, they're they're incredible, and I've learned so much from them, and and continue to learn. So it's good. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today this has been really great oh it's really i'm sorry we're not walking it's uh it's fantastic well that's that's wednesday morning that's tomorrow oh that's wednesday okay that's okay we're all good i I really (laughs) appreciate we'll put all the cussing in tomorrow's time perfect perfect yes i was trying to be very good i was trying to be very good but uh yeah i really appreciate this shauna and i appreciate the work that you and blue house are doing i know that uh it's it's highly valued and and i appreciate our partnership and and collaborative uh, opportunities thank you very much oh you're more than welcome so that's it for our episode today thanks for tuning in everyone thank you for tuning in this episode was produced by blue house energy podcast atlantic and tanya media subscribe and don't miss an episode leave a comment we'd love to hear from you until next time